0: Good morning, everyone.
1: Lively crowd this morning. Good to see everybody. If you would uh, please stand up together and uh, let's worship together. Before the day, before the night, After me with my life laid I down i surrendered now I give you, give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me. My life laid down, I I surrender surrender now, I give give you everything. Your
2: Your goodness is running out,
1: it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, I will sing of the goodness
2: of God. Amen. Amen. I love that song. The goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. As we're going to talk about in our sermon this morning, there is a temptation for every single one of us in this room to get discouraged, to lose heart, to lose hope. But Jesus reminds us in the parable that we are to continue to come to Him in prayer. And so if you are tempted this morning to despair or lose heart, I believe God has a word for you. um, And I pray that you would receive that and would be encouraged and be reminded that our God is faithful and He is always good. Would you take a moment, look at somebody nearby you and just say, our God is good. all right you can return to your seats you may be seated well good morning welcome to Northside baptist church we are so thankful that you are here to worship with us today we serve a risen savior part of the reason that we gather is because we believe in jesus christ and we encourage each other to keep believing this is all about christ um, and so we're thankful that you are here to worship um, with us we want to make disciples who believe in Jesus, who stake their lives upon Jesus. If this is your first time with us, welcome. Maybe your first time in a while. It's good to have you back. If this is your first time, you are our guest, and we would appreciate if you would let us know that this is your first time here. You can do that a couple ways. You can scan the QR code, or you can fill out the connection card, which is located out there um, in the foyer. Well, this is an exciting time of the year um, in Northside because two ministries... Uh, are about to kick off. One is upward and one is awana. So let me just take a moment um, and kind of talk about those two ministries first um, is upward soccer. We have 144 players who are going to be playing soccer with us this fall. Of those 144 players, 52 have no church affiliation. 52. So this becomes a matter of prayer. Look, we love soccer. Soccer seems to be growing here. Football, some people call it growing here um, in America. And so we love kids getting exercise and having fun. But the main reason we do this is because it's an opportunity, practice after practice, Saturday after Saturday, to share the gospel through evangelism through hopefully, if you're here talking, building relationships, through people sharing a devotion or a testimony. And so we're asking you to partner in praying with us. Going forward, every week in the bulletin, you'll see kids' names listed. We do this every year. You can pray for those kids by name. That way every kid, every family is being prayed for by name. And so please be in prayer for that. And then also Awana kicks off. You guys have been doing Awana a long time here, an exciting ministry Kids, right? Learning God's word, hiding it in their heart. Um, I know if all of the kids who, who are eligible come back, we're going to have a lot of kids in Awana. Some of the classes are going to be really, really large, and so to meet the needs and to make sure that we're doing what we need, we need some additional help with upward, and not with with Awana. We could always use help in upward too, I'm sure. But um, we got coaches for that. We need help for Awana. We need really three to four more people who can say, hey, I'll be here on Sunday nights, I'm willing to serve with kids, I'm willing to help out, where do you need me? Some of it could just be listening to scripture verses, um, some of it is just walking with the kids for some extra supervision, right? You can do it, uh, trust me, you can do it. So if you're willing to help, maybe you have a child that's going to be in Awana, and you're saying, hey, I'm going to be here anyways, please let Alexa know um, because we want to make sure that we are properly staffed to meet those needs um, and so the kids can learn their verses. Um, and so be praying for both of those ministries, fantastic ministries um, that we do here. So be in prayer for that. All right, the praying the scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 30, verse 18. This is what the word of the Lord says. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed are all those who wait for Him. And there is a lot there that we could draw our attention to, that we could focus on. So I'm going to give you about 45 seconds to a minute just to pray through that verse, however the Lord leads you, whatever word or verse or phrase sticks out to you, whatever the need is in your heart, just to praise God, to lift up a prayer, just to put the Scripture before your eyes before we continue to worship together. So will you do that for a moment and then I will pray for us. Father God, we have already been reminded through song this morning that we were made, created by you, and made and created to worship. We have sung of your faithfulness. We have sung of your goodness. We are about to focus our attention on the need for us to praise you. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Praise Him. Praise Him. You are worthy of our praise. And this verse before us this morning reminds us that you are gracious that you are merciful that you are a God of justice. But this verse also reminds us that we are to wait on you. And Father, sometimes while we wait while we wait for you to return, while we wait for answered prayer, while we wait God, maybe for a circumstance or wisdom or discernment in a decision, while we wait, the temptation before us, God, is to become discouraged, to despair, to question, God, whether you really care, whether you're really able, whether you listen, whether you have forgotten or abandoned us. So, Father... You know where every person who is here this morning, every person who is watching online, you know right where they are. You know their heart. You know their circumstances. You know their needs. So, Father, we ask you to meet them right where they are. May the truthfulness of your word today, God, just wash over them. Lord, we want to lift up this morning specifically by name is Patty Pearson, who is currently in surgery she fell yesterday and Lord is having to have a hip replacement want to lift up ron and patty to you they would be here if not for this lord they are faithful members and ron teaching a sunday school class and so lord we just pray for her for her health god right now as the doctors are doing this operation lord just be gracious bring healing to her we pray for a a quick healing process a quick recovery Lord, between the hospital and then rehab that will follow, we'll just thank you for them. There are other physical needs this morning. There are other spiritual needs. There are other emotional and mental needs. But Father, there is also the very real need for salvation. God, there may be somebody this morning who is lost, an unbeliever in this room. There are lost unbelievers in our life. And right now God, we need to be mindful of them, ever mindful, ever aware that they need Jesus and we need to take the gospel to them. So Lord, help us to do that for your glory and your honor, and may you get all the praises we're about to sing. in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Let's continue to worship together. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Miss Tracy. All right, at this time, our children will make their way out for Children's Church. Everyone else, if you'll take a copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. We continue our summer in the parables of Jesus. We'll be in Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Would you please stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. And he, that being Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. who cried to him day and night, will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth. You may be seated. George and Mary Mueller lived in the 1800s. George was a preacher, he was an evangelist, and he is probably most known for starting orphanages in England. But he is also known for being a man of fervent continual prayer on one particular night when the children in the orphanage were getting ready for bed george was working in his study when his wife mary came in to deliver the bad news she said we're out of milk there isn't enough for the morning oatmeal george was one who never asked people for money never was a fundraiser he just believed the Lord would provide so he laid aside his pen he rose from his desk he reached for his wife's hand and he said Mary let us pray two other workers in the orphanage came and together the four of them made their humble yet necessary request to God that God would provide the milk After they prayed, George reminded them, be assured if you walk with him and look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. At that moment, someone knocked on the door. Mary hurried to the door, hurried back into the study with an envelope in her hand. She said, it's a letter, George. Hurry up and open it. Enclosed was a sum of money, more than enough for the milk. Within minutes, Two more letters arrived with money and pledges of support. And that is how George and his wife did their orphanage ministry. Always relying on the Lord to provide. Fervently, consistently going to the Lord in prayer. Now times weren't always easy for them and the orphanage, but he learned to be consistent and persistent in prayer. Trusting in his good and gracious Heavenly Father to provide. In Luke 18, Jesus tells us a parable. Now what's unique about this one, and it happens a couple other times, is that the purpose of the parable is stated up front before we even read the parable. So Luke, writing this gospel, being led by the Holy Spirit, is led by the Holy Spirit to write a summary of what this parable is all about. So verse 1, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. I guess I could read the parable and pray and we could go home because now we all know what the parable is about, right? But we're not going to do that. God does have a word for you this morning. And so he explains, this is the point of the parable, that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. So as we always want to do, we want to understand the context that brings about this certain story parable that Jesus tells. And so the context for this parable actually occurs not in Luke 18, but in Luke 17. I'm personally thankful for chapter and divisions in our Bible, but in the original manuscript, they weren't there. It would be a lot harder for you to turn to Luke 18 if I couldn't tell you to turn to Luke 18. You had to take out your scrolls. But sometimes because of the chapter and verse divisions, we can miss out on the context. So we have to go back to chapter 17. So let's spend a couple minutes, because I want you to see this. Verse 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. So Jesus is asked a question about when will the kingdom of God come? He answered, verse 20, Luke 17, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples. So this parable that he's teaching is directed not to the Pharisees, but to the disciples. So the Pharisees asked a question, Jesus answers them, and now he focuses on the disciples. Verse 22, The days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, and understand he's saying this before his death, and, and burial and resurrection but first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation so right there he's predicting his, his his suffering he's predicting his death we know that he'll be raised from the dead he'll ascend to the right hand of god the father so first he must be rejected and then he begins to speak about his return just as it was in the days of noah so will it be in the days of the son of man well, how was it in the days of Noah? They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Nobody was prepared but Noah and his family. Everybody else was going about their business. The rain starts coming and they all Perish. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30 So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So will it be just in the days of Noah, just in the days of Lot, so will it be when the Son of Man returns. Now here's the thing Jesus knows the temptation for every single one of us as his followers, is to lose heart. He knows that temptation is going to come, that we'll get discouraged, that we may be led to a place of despair. And so this parable comes on the heels of his telling the disciples, listen, you're going to face persecution. You're going to face enemies. You're going to face hard times. You're going to face suffering. He's already taught them that. In addition to that, you're gonna be here on earth. I'm gonna be there. I'm coming for you. But while you're waiting, you are gonna be living amongst the people who are gonna be eating and drinking and marrying and giving themselves to marriage. Now we say, wait, is there anything wrong with eating? Is Jesus saying we shouldn't get married? That's not his point. What he's saying is these people, just as they did in Noah's day and in Lot's day, are gonna go about their life, an ungodly life, not considering right the things of God. And you have to live among them. And in the midst of that, you are longing for my return. And as you're longing for my return, living in a godless, pagan world, you may become weary. You may lose hope at times. You may fall into despair. And Jesus is about to say to them, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't give in. And to emphasize that, he tells this parable. Verse 2 of Luke 18. In a certain city, there was a judge. This is the first character that we're introduced to. There was a judge. They immediately would have understood this. There were judges in the Old Testament. There were judges in the New Testament, right? Civil courts, whatever you want to say. You would go to them, right? Plead your case. They would render verdicts, right? That's, That's what they did. And what do we know about this judge? He neither feared God nor respected man. Now in 2 Chronicles 19, you have King Jehoshaphat. He begins to appoint judges in all the cities. And he says this to the judges, Consider what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord. The judges in Israel were to rule and judge based upon the word and the law of God. And what we have here is a judge That Jesus mentions who has no fear of God no regard for God and he does not respect man now that word for respect means shame or embarrassed he has no shame he's never embarrassed look if you're honest a lot of us in here and we struggle to different degrees we like to make people happy we like people to be pleased I don't think anybody in this room just loves to be embarrassed We, we, We don't like to be embarrassed. Well, apparently this guy could care less what other people thought about him. He did not care to be ashamed. He didn't care to be embarrassed. He didn't care about any of that. And so Jesus is telling us, he doesn't fear God. He doesn't respect man. Well, then what does he care about? Only himself. That's all he cares about. So that's the first character. There's a judge. Then we're introduced to the second character. And there was a widow in that city. Who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. So, what do we know about the widow? Well, number one, we know she's a widow, which means she has no husband. And in that culture, to have no husband, that meant you had no one to fight for you, no one to stand up for you, ladies, no one to speak for you, no one to plead your case. Now, thankfully, in 2022, that's not the case for most of you, ladies. You widows, like you can survive. It may be hard, but you have a voice and people listen and respect you. It's not that way in every culture, even today. When we were in Ecuador, one of the missionaries, Madeline was telling us that she went into like a version of Starbucks um, and there was a guy behind the counter. She was the only lady in there of like three or four other guys in line and the guy behind the counter never acknowledged her. He took everybody else's order and completely ignored her. Because at least in that part of Ecuador, ladies, they're just, you're just not well respected. Even today in 2022. So this widow had no chance, nobody to plead her case. We also learn that she had an adversary. She had an enemy. She had someone who was seeking to harm her. Now let's go back to the Old Testament. Exodus 22, 22 says this. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child this widow should have been able to receive justice from a judge but we got an unrighteous judge in a widow with no one to plead her case and she's before this guy we also know that she kept coming to the judge over and over because he would not give her justice this is a persistent widow so those are the two characters and then jesus says this verse four for a while he refused But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. So in the story, the judge, no, 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 no. The woman keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And eventually he says, okay, enough's enough. I'll give you justice. Just stop bothering me. Like he'd go to work and there she was. He would come home. And there she was he'd go to Kroger and there she was like everywhere he went she just kept coming and eventually he says enough's enough now notice why does he give her justice because she keeps bothering me he doesn't give her justice because it's the right thing to do he doesn't give her justice because he's respectful of her he gives her justice Because he is annoyed out of his mind and he wants her to stay away. And then he says this, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. That Greek word for beat me down literally means like just to punch you in the eye. He's like, she's just going to keep coming to the the point where it's just going to be overwhelming and she's just going to beat me down. Maybe not physically, but just mentally, emotionally, like I've had enough. And so that's the parable he tells us. An unjust judge, a widow who has an adversary seeking justice. The judge doesn't give it because it's the right thing to do, but he does it because she will not stop coming. And then Jesus says this. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. So what Jesus is about to do, and this is important for us to understand this, he's about to make an argument from the lesser to the greater. Because in the parable, does the widow get justice? Yes, she gets justice. Jesus is saying, hear what the judge does. He gives her justice. And if an unrighteous, ungodly judge who is self-centered can still give justice to a widow, how much more do you think your God who is not unjust, who is not unkind, will give you justice and what you need. Like he's setting this up. We're all disgusted by this judge. And then he turns it to say, now let me tell you about your God. And this is what he says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Here's the main point I want you to see this morning, and that is this. Our God is a righteous and good God, and thus we should continue to pray and not lose heart. If this widow kept coming to an unjust, unrighteous judge, How much more should you and I keep coming to a good, righteous judge and God our Father? The point is what? Always to pray and not lose heart. So hear me. God hears our prayers. This judge heard the cries of this woman day and night. Jesus says in the parable, Our God hears the cries of His people day and night. God hears our prayers but hear me, God also responds to our prayers. God responds to our prayers. He responds. Now, how does He respond? I want to draw your attention to three things as to how He responds. Number one, God responds justly. He responds justly. He says, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice? Our God is a just God. He is a righteous God. He always does what is right. He always does what is just. Let me just give you some scripture. All these will be on the screen. So we go back to Old King Jehoshaphat, Second Chronicles 19, 7. Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be careful what you do, for there is no injustice with the Lord our God, or partiality, or taking bribes. Unfortunately, the way it worked with a lot of judges in Israel is if you had more money than the other person, that judge could be bought. And this widow had no way to buy the judge. And what God is saying is, listen, you can't bribe God. There's no injustice in Him. The next one, Isaiah 30, 18. We prayed this earlier. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore He exalts Himself to show mercy to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for Him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. When he was reviled, speaking of Jesus, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Jesus kept trusting in the Father. Revelation 19, verse 2. Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just or true and just, in one last verse, Romans 12, 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Listen, you and I have to learn this very important but hard lesson. You and I will have enemies, and people who mistreat us. We will deal with injustice. And there will be times... That justice is brought. Maybe that person confesses and repents. Maybe that person makes restitution. Unfortunately, maybe that goes into the legal system and a judge renders a just verdict and the crime that they committed, there's justice and you get to experience that. But there are going to be other times when you and I experience things and we go through things and there is no justice or so it appears. The amount of evil and wickedness that is taking place on a daily basis, and there's no justice, there's no arrest, there's nobody con- com- uh, convicted of a crime, right? God, why do these things keep happening over and over and over? And here's what you need to understand our God is just, and our God is righteous, and it is appointed unto every man to die once. And after that comes the judgment. A day is coming when every wrong that has ever been committed will be punished. Either in Christ on the cross or by their spending eternity in hell. So there may be something somebody has done to you right now, and you're tempted to lose heart because they're getting away with it. Or the temptation is, I'm taking matters into my own hands, I'll get revenge. And what does the scripture say? That's not our place. God's the God of vengeance. And so as we pray, we keep coming, lifting these things up to the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I know justice. You're a righteous God. You're judging justly. And at some point, your wrath will be poured out. Also understanding that God's wrath should be poured out on us, but by his grace, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so there's things that we have done That God has forgiven us for and if we do not understand this then when you look at the world and all the wicked things that are happening God what are you doing how long are you going to wait understand God will get the final word and we have to trust in that secondly God responds compassionately and will not God give justice to his elect psalm 103 verse 13 this will be on the screen As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. 1 Peter Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Now, this next verse, Alex, if you'll go to the next screen. I went ahead and put this on the screen. Just in case you don't have a copy of God's Word, you can see this. And will not God... Give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night. That word for elect means chosen. Now, anytime we talk about election or being chosen, there are always going to be people who sit up a little straighter, they cross their arms, a little scowl on their face. Like, let's go. Let's come on. What are you going to say, pastor? So let's just, everybody take a deep breath. Relax. Relax. Jesus says what He says. That we're His elect. This is not here for us to fight about it. For us to get angry about it. For us to get mad about it. For us to get defensive about it. You know why this is here? It is to encourage and comfort you. That's why it's here. You are chosen by God. Don't get mad about that. Be thankful for that. Just as God chose Israel. Anybody mad that God chose Israel and not another nation? I don't ever hear people argue about that. God chose them. right? God has chosen us. Now we're not getting into what all that looks like, but just know it's comforting that we are His elect. That's meant to encourage you. Listen, we are like the widow in that we are to be persistent. We are not like the widow in when she went to the judge, she had no one to fight for her. You are the sons and daughters of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Even as he chose you before the foundation of the world, you are in Christ. Having received him and believed in him, he gave you the right to become children of God. You are sons and daughters of God. He is your father. That is meant to encourage you. When you read that, that is not meant for you to go, I don't like that word, but to say, praise you, Jesus. I don't understand all of it. But it's there, and it's encouraging to me. Hear me. God is the creator of all. We're saying that. We are made to worship. He's the creator of all. But God is not the father of all. God is the father of only those who have received Jesus and believed in his name. And if you have received him and believed in his name, he is your father. And if he chose you, that means he will never ever, 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 I don't know how many ever's I need to say, let you go. Ever. Ever, ever. Now, when you are hopeless, when you get to a place of hopelessness, when you get to a place where you lose heart, here's what happens. You begin to question, God, do you really care about me? God, I'm in a place of despair I'm in a place of hopelessness. God, do you really, really? I know what your word says, but do you really care about me right now? God, are you really concerned about me? Do you see what I'm going through? God, do you really, are you really concerned? God, is there anything you can even do about this? I mean, are you really all powerful? Is that really who you are? When you get to a place of despair and hopelessness, you begin to think, God, have you abandoned me? God, have you forsaken me? Jesus knows the temptation for every single one of us is to get to that place. So if you are there, hear me. If you have a relationship with Jesus, he has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He has not stopped caring for you. That's what he says. And this is the God that you have. And this is the God that you serve. And so if you are there, will you just turn to Jesus this morning and let his spirit and his encouragement and his strength just wash over you? Don't lose heart, but keep coming to him in prayer. And then lastly, lastly, before we get to the final verse 10, is he is timely and how he responds to us. So listen, if we're not going to lose heart, if we're going to be persistent in prayer, then we got to understand God is just. Sometimes we struggle with that. We have to understand that God is compassionate. Sometimes we struggle about that. And then sometimes we struggle with this last one. Look what he says. Jesus asks a couple questions here. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? The answer is yes. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. When was this spoken? Nearly 2,000, no, more than 2,000 years ago. And Jesus with them, maybe on a hillside, maybe in a city, says to them, I will not, will God delay over you long? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Are you kidding me, Jesus? Jesus. It has been 2,000 years. They probably thought it might be weeks, months, maybe a couple years. You and I are 2,000 years after Jesus said this. When he says, justice will come speedily. Jesus, you're a liar. No, 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 no. Because one thing that is hard for us to understand, but you must come to accept is this. God's timetable and ours are not the same not even close so i need you to go to second peter chapter three because i think a lot of christians struggle with this second peter chapter three verses seven through 13 we're going to camp out here for a minute and then we're going to look at the final thing that jesus says second peter chapter three verse seven but by the same Word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. And this is the verse. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, here's the deal. God's timetable and ours are not the same. And in Scripture, we see we have to wait. Israel waited hundreds of years before they were delivered from Egypt. After the Old Testament closes, the last prophet, there are 400 years before John the Baptist comes on the scene. Like, that's a long time. It has been 2,000 years since Jesus has come. Like, that's not speedily, unless you count as God counts. If, I, if you call me and say, Aaron, I need you to come, and I say, I'm coming speedily, I mean minutes if possible, hours a day at the most. If I say, hey, I'll be right there, and you're like, man, it has been three years, Aaron, where are you at? <laughs> like, that's not how we count speedily. So we would say 2,000 years not very fast unless you counted God's time and a thousand years is as what one day talking two days it's been two days in God's timing if you look at it that way since Jesus left went to the right hand of God the Father I know it's been a long time for us but God doesn't keep time the same way that we do and so you and I right we want God to answer now and now for us, is like right now or tomorrow or next week, and it's hard for us to wait a month or a year or five years. And the temptation is the longer we wait, the longer we pray for that rebellious child who has not come back to the Lord, the longer we pray for that spouse who has never given their life to the Lord, the longer we ask God to heal us of cancer and we keep dealing with cancer, the temptation is to get defeated and to lose heart and to say, God, you're not hearing me, you're not answering me. But your years is only a matter of minutes for God and if you cannot come to grips with that you will continue to struggle with God what is taking you so long but hear me as it has all been well said God's never late he's always right on time and so God will answer he will answer and one reason he is delaying this verse says is so that people can repent so that people can repent and come to Jesus. And then that leads us to the last question, which is Luke 18, or the last statement that Jesus makes. And then it's followed by a question and it will be done. I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When he came in Noah's day, did he find faith on earth? When Lot's day came and the destruction and the judgment was there faith on earth. When Jesus comes, will he find faith on earth? On earth, we have a tendency to be self centered. We have a tendency to be self focused. Faith, faith in God, belief in God, points us away from self to God. Faith, I'm not gonna focus on my truth, but I'm gonna focus on God's truth. I'm not gonna focus on my abilities, but I'm gonna focus on God's promises. I'm not going to focus on me, but I'm going to focus on the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Faith, taking it off of us and putting it on Jesus. And so this morning, let me close this way. If you are tempted to lose heart, or maybe you're already there, can I just encourage you to put yourself back in the Word of God and cling to the promises of God and cling to the presence of God? And when you cling to the promises and when you cling to the presence, your despair may not go away in seconds. It may not even go away in a day or maybe even a month. But I believe the promises of God's word, that he is faithful to his children. And when you cling to the promises, and when you cling to the presence of God and the work of Jesus Christ, you and I will not lose heart, but rather we will continue to pray. So one last question. How would you describe your prayer life right now? Because that's what this is about, continuing to pray. How would you describe your prayer life? Would you say it's non-existent? You just, you don't ever pray, you don't ever cry out to God, and maybe you're not crying out to God because you have no relationship with God. You're still a sinner in your sins on your way to hell, the Bible says, because you've never repented of your sins, never confessed your sins, never believed in the name of Jesus Christ, but right now you can be saved. You can do that. You can give your life to Jesus. He will save you. All those who call upon His name will be saved. Is your prayer life non-existent? Would you say your prayer life is self-centered? That when you pray, it's usually about you. Your motives are selfish. Would you say that your prayer life is weak? Maybe it's weak. Maybe it's inconsistent. You're really not fully convinced God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we think or ask. So your prayer life is weak, not really sure. Can God, what do I pray? So maybe it's just weak. Maybe it's more in your strength than in God. Or would you say that your prayer life right now is persistent? Does it mean your circumstances or what you're going through necessarily is great, but that you would say, Pastor, I'm being persistent in my prayer life. I'm coming to the Lord often. I'm spending time with Him. I'm lifting up my requests and my burdens. And what I'm finding as I pray, it's not so much about changing the mind of God as it is God changing me. God's changing me as I step into the throne room of grace and sup with Him and pray with Him and commune with Him. And in that, I'm finding that my heart is being strengthened My faith is growing, and I'm not near as tempted to lose heart because I'm with Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Father God, in this room this morning is a wide array of people, some who are, God, walking with you, some who are being faithful and persistent in their prayer life, Some father who would say that they're on the mountaintop. I've heard some people lately say, man, they're growing and Jesus is teaching them. And Father, we rejoice in that and we thank you for that. And we pray they'll be they'll continue to be persistent in prayer. But Father, others, God, this morning, they're struggling. Maybe they've confided in someone, maybe they haven't. Maybe it's their circumstances, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a relationship with a child, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a neighbor dispute, maybe. Maybe, God, there is an enemy, an adversary, a relationship that is just beating them down. They have been hurt. They have been wronged. They have been sinned against, and they're angry, and they're bitter. And God, maybe it's just somebody who's just straight up doubting you, doubting salvation, doubting, God, whether you really even exist, wondering, Jesus, if really you even save, wondering if they really even need you anymore. Father, wherever we are, you see right into the depths of our heart and our soul. And so, God, we're asking you to provide what that person needs right now. Right now where they are. Meet them where they are. And what they will find is not an unjust judge who is bothered by them coming, but they will find a good, just, righteous God who invites them into his presence and loves them because they are his sons and his daughters and if they are not sons and daughters of god then this morning there is an invitation to repent of their sins and to believe upon the name of jesus to receive jesus and they will become a child of god not of blood not of their own works but because they've been born of god that is an invitation There is something for all of us to hear, all of us to respond to. So, Spirit of God, as we sing this final song, work in their hearts. Draw them to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. As always, the altar is open. If you want to come kneel and pray, if you need me to pray for you, I'm available. You respond. You worship as we sing together.
1: Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher. Higher, be lifted higher, let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be
2: lifted higher. Oh let your name be lifted
1: higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. higher. You are stronger, you are stronger broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger, you are stronger, sin is
3: broken, you have saved me. It
0: is written,
1: Christ
0: is risen, Jesus,
1: you are Lord of all, Jesus, you are Lord of all,
2: Jesus, you are Lord of all. Amen. I know I was not the only one, just a man, just feel the, the spirit of God in the presence. No, thank you. I'm looking for my Bible. Sorry. All right, you may be seated for just a moment. i got a couple of announcements we want to go over. Just a couple important things uh, for you just to be mindful of. We already talked, obviously, about Upward and Awana, but just a couple others. We have our talent show tonight. Anybody excited about NBC's Got Talent? There you go. I want to I encourage you to come. It starts at 5 o'clock. I think we've got 10 acts, so 10 people who are doing some kind of talent. And then we got some MCs. that are going to work our way through it and provide us with some entertainment and some laughs. Um, So, man, if you are available, it'll probably take about an hour or so. Just come tonight. Support a lot of young kids doing stuff, some adults. It's going to be fun. Just come and support them. Um, I would encourage you to do that. The one other thing I want to mention, those of you who are members, one of your responsibilities, one of your privileges, one of your blessings, is that each year you get to elect deacons. Men who are going to serve the church, men who are going to serve you. Each of our deacons have families that they minister to, that they love on. And so if you're a member, before you leave, if you didn't last week, you need to go vote. I would love for 100% participation of our members. That's one of your responsibilities. It's super easy. It will not take long. You can go vote in the Fellowship Hall. So if you have not done that, I don't know what she's telling me right now. Siri was talking to me on my watch. Um, please, please do that. Go vote, and then come back tonight at five o'clock. Um, our Wednesday night schedule kind of gets back to normal this Wednesday. Our kids choir right resumes, so that's exciting. We got team kid, we got our youth that meet. Uh, we have an adult prayer meeting, Bible study. Um, and then choir, adult choir follows that, so you all want to be here for that. All right, Bill, if you'll come, deacon of the week, if you'll close us in a word of prayer, if everybody will please. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father in heaven, thank you for your precious word to us today to let us know how much you care for us, and Lord, that the burden is yours, not ours to carry. Uh, Thank you for the strength that you give. Uh, Father, I want to lift up Miss Patty to you. Right now, that is under the knife. Father, whatever you've done for her, Father, we'll give
1: you praise ahead. Uh, thank you for the uh, great uh, word that you have given us
2: today. Uh, Father, uh, help us to remember and to walk and, uh, by your grace. And Father, to speak about you, uh, how good you are
0: to us and to your children. In Jesus' name we pray.